Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Raising the Vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network. Please join us at LiveParanormal.com. And all of our affiliates, including the wonderful iHeartRadio.com, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, that list goes on and on and on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 27-year talk radio host. And I come to you live from my home in Los Angeles, California, every Tuesday at 5 o'clock Pacific time. Raising the Vibration, of course, was the first outreach of a nonprofit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity that I founded in 2016 to carry on my mom's teachings, both spiritual and humane after her passing. And if peace, love, kindness, and unity are the cornerstone words of that movement at RaisingTheVibration.org, then the cornerstone words of this show Raising the Vibration of the radio show are Ascend, Evolve, Inspire, and Love. So basically, what are you doing to raise your own vibration? How is that vibrational raising playing into your overall ascension and your overall evolvement? And then how are you taking those two things and using them to inspire others? And then, of course, maybe most importantly, how much love are you throwing into everything? So every week on the show, I gather beautiful people that I adore, and um, we talk about what are you doing to make the world a better place, what's your passion, what's your service, and how can we make this world more wonderful and accessible and beautiful for us all. My guest today is returning to the show. Uh, She was here with me back in September, and we had a very interesting talk about the LGBTQI uh, 2PSAA, I did that totally wrong, LGBTQIP2SAA community. It just gets longer and I just get older, so I'm not so good. Um, How we can have more uh, inclusiveness, how we can work together as one, less of the us and them, which I think is microcosmically wonderful for the queer community and macrocosmically wonderful for humanity in general. So uh, what an honor to have her back on the show. And it is Pride Month, so I wanted to make sure to do something really pridey. And here we are. Isabel Gallardo is with us today. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to have you here. Hi. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. And on what a special occasion when we're, you know, kind of leaning into that to that pride, uh, pride movement, pride weekend, at least here in L.A., and, you know, you touched upon kindness and inclusiveness and kind of how do we raise that vibration, and I would say that, you know, collectively maybe embracing uh, each other as we've all, you know, taken on these various LGBTQ identities. I'm with you on that name, by the way. Is it LGBTQ plus plus A? 
So uh, it's, it's right. definitely, you yes. know, it's and almost I, as though pride takes on a new meaning every year, right? Right, and it's, and it's going to grow, right? So right now it's LGBTQIP2SAA. But, um, you know, if you talk to young people, they will tell you that it splits, right, into 50 subsets for every letter. And, um, you know, my brain can only hold so much. So I would be happy if it was a giant Q that was, like, bedazzled with pink rhinestones and glowed in the dark, and we could all just fall under one letter. But I understand people also want their own identities, and I don't fault people for that. But I think we also need to remember that we are one and that we, those that came before us fought very hard for us to be one. And we need to keep that going and remember how important that is. You know, I mean, do you, do you feel that way? Well, it's interesting because you bring about, bring a, you know, to the forefront or you mentioned, you know, those that have fought before us. And I really think it's a time uh, when we, we are coming together and, and we're turning, you know, pain into beauty. And there have been so many, you're right, that have come before us uh, going all the way back to, you know, to Stonewall in terms of, you know, where are we today and how do we stand together today to celebrate, you know, our culture, our history, our, our various, you know, uh, you know, needs in terms of how to be more inclusive, you know, in our communities, you know, transport. So I think that understanding a little bit about where we came from is going to help us better understand the, the, the changes that we're seeing so quickly today as, as our culture just seems to be shifting and going in such a, you know, a different direction from what we've known. Absolutely. And, you know, growing up in, um, uh, I'm, I'm a Gen X person, so I'm in my 50s, and I, mm-hmm. I always say that we're sort of a generation trapped between those that really fought and those that had it a little bit easier. Um, so we mm-hmm. knew a lot of the people who fought. We grew up when people didn't talk about being gay. As we came into our adulthood, it was more accessible. Um, so we sort of saw both sides of it. And being a pastor at, at Founders Metropolitan Community Church and Reverend Toy Perry, of course, who founded this wonderful church for queer folks who had been kicked out of their own churches, and he was very important uh, part of the founding of Pride and Christopher Street West, Living with that history all the time is kind of a constant reminder for me of and seeing those parishioners, right, in our church that are of that age, that are in their 70s and 80s, that are those people that fought. Um, it mm-hmm. really reminds you of how important it is that we don't sort of let that, um, we don't forget, because sometimes we forget then we become complacent. And if you become complacent, exactly. then things can change, you know. We don't want to take those wins for granted. Yes. Yes. Right. You have to keep it going and you have to stay present. And then this is kind of a cryptic thing, but I watched a film, really cute little, you know, wonderful film, touching film last night about um, a little girl growing up in, um, in Nazi Germany. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Germany was such a place of liberalism and of progressiveness and of art and culture and then one day it no longer was. And we have to always remember that freedom is a gift. It's not a right. And for all of us in, you know, minority communities, including the biggest minority community, women, right, who are actually the majority of people on the earth but still considered a minority community, 
Because that's a strange twist Which of fate, is, isn't it? It is. It's just crazy to even think that we're so, you know, working toward and, and fighting for some basic rights. I mean, uh, you know, we could potentially lose the right to make decisions of our own bodies, which is just, to me, just completely um, unimaginable and 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 just craziness in, in terms of where we are today, you know, at, at 2022. Um, but you talk about, you know, Nazi Germany and about, um, you know, inclusiveness and the times of flourishing, uh, you know, a flourishing community. And it's interesting because there's actually a, a quote by Martin Niemöller, and I'm probably pronouncing his last name incorrectly, uh, but he was a German. And one of the things that he talked about was essentially being there for your fellow man, being there for your, you know, your neighbor, for your, you know, for those that you uh, maybe are not completely like-minded or like in, in every way, but they are, you know, your uh, your comrade essentially, because one day, you know, they're going to come for you and there's going to be no one left to speak out because they took everyone and no one was afraid to come to the forefront, you know? Yeah. Um, so I yes. think that it's uh, it, it talks about being inclusive, speaking up for each other. You know, his quote is actually uh, much longer and, and uh, more elaborate. People can look it up, but he talks about how, you know, they first came for the socialists. And it did not speak out mm-hmm. because I was not a socialist. So you get the point. You know, next they came for the trade yeah. unionists, and then, you know, and, and the next thing you know, there's there's no one left. So I think right now when we talk about pride, we have to really embrace where we are in terms of a, of a global cultural, you know, kind of, I think, divide that exists where we continue to have these deep rifts uh, with differences, whatever they may be, sexual orientation, uh, you know, religion. Um, and I think that these we need to find a better way to overcome, bridge uh, some of these differences because we all have the same longing, right, which is really to feel closer to all that we do long for, whatever that may be, whatever that togetherness looks Absolutely. like for you and you and you for that love and that friendship. So I feel like, again, pride takes on a new meaning every year as we evolve as human beings and as a culture. Absolutely, and you don't have to be – a part of the queer community to to celebrate pride. You can celebrate pride for someone else. Like, I'm not Italian, but I get excited about the Italian festival. I mean, to me, to be a very connected, inclusive, attached, um, awake person means that you celebrate everyone's pride. It doesn't have to be your thing. You celebrate someone's right to have their rights, and, and you celebrate the struggle of, of people in the queer community, even if that's not your people, um, the way that we should all celebrate each other. Um, you know, I, I always tell this story that I have a friend who's a very um, kind of well-known activist, and he, when he was first kind of getting into activism, he went to go see this woman speak that he heard was very wonderful. And the first thing she said when people sat down was, if you're here because you want to support my cause, you're in the wrong place. If you're here because you understand that my cause is also your cause, you're in the right place. And I think it's, it's so easy, right? It's the simplest thing in the world, Isabel, to think of ourselves as one human family. Yet it mm-hmm. is something that is so difficult for us to grasp. And as spiritually as all of us individually, right, have our own obstacles and, and tests and, and things that we're overcoming on our spiritual path, I think that's something that's flat in the middle of the spiritual path of humanity as a whole, 
that when we get that, that we are one family, when we understand that your pain is my pain and your issue is my issue and I should be fighting for your rights as well as my own, I think we're going to be a totally different species when we finally grasp that. It's, it's a hard one for us. And I don't know why, because for me, it's the easiest thing in the world, right, this idea that you're just in it for everybody. But sometimes that means befriending people who are different than you culturally. You don't have to become best friends with those people, mm-hmm. but being around mm-hmm. people that are different than you and realizing that they have the right to be who they are, even if you don't agree with them, um, that is well, that, sometimes a difficult thing, you know? That brings up a really good point because we're talking about uh, allowing people the space to be who they are and – um, that's something that I think, you know, being less judgmental and, and embracing more or finding that acceptance is, is you're right, is so key, especially to our evolution. Spiritually, you know, um, we take on these things on different layers, uh, on, on different levels, whether it be, you know, on a, a cellular, you know, level, um, you know, it, it, cosmically with your energy. I think all of these fields really do come together and they overlap. And, you know, I, I feel that we're at a time where we're going through a transition, where we're recognizing that some of these things are not working, we need to evolve, um, and, you know, just trying, I think, to find better, more, more effective ways to, you know, yes. support each other and, and continue to evolve, you know, spiritually as well as um, well, on, all, on all levels, right? That's what we're talking about is, you know, what, is, what does your heart resonate with? Who do you resonate with? Um, you don't necessarily have to be gay or lesbian to celebrate pride. We're talking about just having pride in who you are as a person and your community and the choices that you make. Have pride in your character and your self-esteem. Yeah. Know that you have worth. All of this translates to evolving as a human being. And I may be at times at a loss for words because it's such a passion for me that, you know, oftentimes I, I, get, I get carried off in these tangents. But it all comes back to the same thing is that we all just want to feel like we belong, like we're together. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean, yes. mean that we're we're the same. We can be alike, but not be the same. It means you can embrace someone that's a little bit different and still live side by side or hand in hand with them and be okay. And there doesn't have to be strife or war or conflict or pain. I, I agree. I completely agree. And, and I think that sometimes getting to that place on your own spiritual path, right, is to mm-hmm. begin to work through and let go of the pain within yourself. Because oftentimes people who live in a very us and them mentality are people who live in a very fear-based place and people who are also very um, very sometimes distrustful of themselves, so they become distrustful of others. You know, that the expression, the eyes are mirrors, right? The things in you that you worry about are often the things that you project out into humanity of things that you don't like. And um, encouraging people to uh, sort of, you know, begin to work through the process of developing self-love. I think it's, it's easy to love thy neighbor if you love thyself. You know the expression, love thy neighbor as you love thyself, but what Absolutely. if you don't love thyself? Absolutely. Then how do you love thy neighbor? Well, and I think that's the biggest problem with that. You're right, and I think that being transparent and authentic are really key um, to kind of being able to broach, you know, those platforms and evolve on that level. Um, And, you know, full disclosure, I was not feeling 100% today, and I thought to myself, you know, 
I, out of fear, right, that I would be a little off. Um, and knowing really that we all have those days where I'm still living in pride, living in love, but I have those days where maybe I'm a little off. You know, today is the sure. um, birthday of someone very special to me, a very, very dear friend of mine of many years who recently, uh, you know, exited this physical world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I celebrate uh, my friend Leanne, and I'm still evolving. I'm still working, you know, in my community. I'm still supportive of others. I still embrace, you know, when people are feeling dark, when they're when they're celebrating, engagement, whatever it may be. I want to cheer everyone on. And I also have those moments or those days where, as, in a, as I share these sentiments, you know, and these thoughts where I, you know, I struggle too. You know, I struggle too with my place in the world and how that fits into, you know, pain and loss or challenges that, that I may face and that we all may face, uh, you know, at different times. Yeah, right. Well, but I think that's, I mean, I always talk to you about this and you're probably sick of me saying this to you, but you are such a voice, right? There is such a beauty to you. And when you have that energy, when spirit has given that to you, it's important that you go out and share that. Now, kind of the hard part about that is, and I, I talk to my clients about this all the time, um, those who also have that destiny, is that, you know, we're all here battling our own worries and sorrows and anxieties and fears and sadness, right. just trying to get it together. But then some of us are also sort of given the service of uplifting others. And it's hard sometimes to want to uplift others when you're not feeling good, and that can be physically, emotionally, spiritually, when your heart is hurting or your mind is hurting or your body's hurting, it's hard to want to motivate other people. It's difficult. But that's the time mm-hmm. that we need to motivate other people because oftentimes somebody out there needs to hear what we have to say. Somebody listening today needs to hear what we're saying, right? And mm-hmm. it's actually going to heal us to do it, even though maybe this isn't the day that both of us are like, 100%, can't wait, you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> Also, what a I'm great way to grateful. honor your friend to be here. Thank you. And, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the, the invitation. And it's always wonderful to exchange ideas and, and converse with you. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, we're, like I said, you know, being authentic is, is important. And I think, uh, you know, being true to as much as you can to who you are and, and honoring that is really going to, you know, create more freedoms um, because I think that we have these social contracts sometimes that we create in our minds and when we don't meet those expectations, then we fall upon, you know, things like shame and guilt and, you know, these negative uh, kind of connotations and feelings that don't necessarily help us, you know, move through that positive energy that is all around us. And I think that's important, right? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you connecting with? You know, someone that's listening, if you're feeling alone, there there is someone there. You are not alone. There's more people around than you think. I know that sometimes it's hard to reach out. I'm, I'm not great at reaching out. I'm actually really good at retreating and just kind of falling back. But you have to, you know, do the best that you can and just know that, uh, you know, that, that you're not alone. So important that you know that, right, and that there are places that you can reach out to, um, you know, even if it's just, 
scrolling through your social media, reading these wonderful inspirational memes that people put up and the words they write to go with them, learning about other people's stories. That's a great way for us to realize that we're one human family and that we're not alone. Um, I know I'm not alone. You probably have done this too where you're having kind of a weird day and then you scroll through your Facebook or your Instagram or whatever and you, you read something and go, oh, my God, that's exactly how I'm feeling right now. And um, I know when I put those up, and you know when you put those up on your feeds, right, people will say, oh, my God, I needed this so bad today. And that's that connectivity, yes. right? That's what makes you believe that we're, uh, we're all one because the thing you decide to post, which I believe is a message from spirit co-creating with you and working through you, that happens to be the thing that somebody or somebody's needed to hear. And that's doing a little bit of service every day, right? There's so many different ways mm-hmm. that that we can do a little bit of service. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, renouncing all your earthly pleasures and, and walking the earth like Kung Fu. I mean, it doesn't have to be that. It can just be, hey, I took a little extra time to be nice today while I was at Starbucks or getting lunch or whatever the story was. It's, it's you know, random acts mm-hmm. of kindness slowly but surely heal the world, right? I mean, every little one builds up right. and helps to heal the world. And just changing your perspective and becoming, you know, more of a positive person and, and more of an inclusive person in in your human world. And it all starts at home, right, with our own communities. That's why, and I know we've talked about this before and we did last time you are on the show, it's hard for me when I see communities that I'm a part of, specifically for Pride this month, you know, the, the queer community, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. separating themselves like, well, gays don't belong with lesbians and, you know, nobody likes the bisexuals and what are the trans people anyway and what even is intersex, no one knows, and we're pansexuals for a young generation. And, you know, why are we, why? Why don't we just say, mm-hmm. you know what, great. It's all part of our community and y'all come, as my mama used to say. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that's the thing I like so much, again, about being a part of MCC is that it's what my mama used to call a y'all come church. You don't have to be anything specific to come. You can be an atheist or raised, you know, Orthodox Jewish, and you're just coming to hear the music. Like you don't have to, Mm -hmm. you don't have to take communion. You can get a message out of a sermon. You don't have to be that, that they don't have to believe in the Bible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I think if we just looked at everything that way, right, to take out of it, what we think is beautiful and what we believe in and not have to worry so much about, well, that doesn't match up with what I think, or I was raised that it was this. Okay. That's, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, when I go see a movie, I don't like everything in the movie. I don't associate myself with everything in the movie. So I pick things out of the movie that I resonate with. Mm -hmm. And I think if we thought of everything like that, right, our communities are, guess what? You don't have to have anything in common with a trans person, except you're both part of this community. And that's beautiful. You don't have to be just like someone to be allied with them. Right. And I think that, you know, we're talking about evolving and being better human beings. We're talking about how as, as, a, as a culture and a society, we do like specific delineation. We like labels. We like categories. So we want to know if that person is straight or bi or trans or uh, Jewish or Christian or Muslim or uh, Buddhist, whatever it may be, you know, that that person, you know, represents. And I think that that's part of of, uh, us letting go of kind of those old traditional 
kind of little tiles that we assign ourselves, even the avatars, right? I mean, what is that? I can't, I I need a lot of different ones, not just one, (laughs) you know, depending on my mood, depending on what I was doing. So, and I think that, you know, my point is we need to break down some of these lines, some of these barriers so that, you know, there is no need to define whether I'm trans and whether I'm gay. It, It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're all part of the same. Yeah. You know, we're under the same umbrella. It doesn't matter. We don't need a separate group or a different pride event or a different pride in the park or a different, you know, parade or, you know. So I think that, um, again, all of this kind of circles back to, you know, how do we as a culture see, our, see ourselves as being inclusive? You know, how do we delineate that? You know, who are we embracing in that? Um, and I think that's a tough one because that's, that's a huge, huge question on a much larger scale uh, that addresses, um, you know, our own self-judgments, our own contracts that we have, you know, our cultural conditioning, uh, but definitely good, good things to think about, obviously, as we, you know, kind of, again, are evolving and, and embracing, you know, such, uh, you know, more larger, more evolved groups of, of folks, especially in the gay and lesbian community. You know, I'm, I'm also of your generation agree, yeah. and, you know, uh, some of this LGBTQ plus stuff is, is, is kind of new for me as, as I'm, you know, embracing these different, you know, acronyms for just, just different groups of folks that are now coming, coming to be where they're identifying themselves. That's really all it is. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. I yeah. mean, I, I understand yeah, and I, I have a, you know, I have a 19 year old spirit daughter and I have a 13 year old niece who are both a part of the queer mm-hmm. community, a spirit, spirit niece, chosen niece, all my peeps are chosen. Um, and it's interesting to see how how the younger ones break it down. And, and my best friend, who's my niece's mom, always says to me, like, you know, these kids of this age, they all they do all day long is sit around and talk about their sexuality and their gender and how they how it all breaks down. And I'm like, well, that isn't that great that they can have that open discussion, and um, and it can be you know such a beautiful thing, and and that they're. You know, I was recently over there for Memorial Day, and I just said to my niece, hey, this is fascinating. Can we talk about it? She was like, sure, super open about it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and um, uh, you know, sometimes she's she, and sometimes she's he, and sometimes he's he, sometimes he's they, they're they, and they're, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even want to just, uh, some mm-hmm. days I feel like this, and some days I feel like that. And isn't that terrific that you can just, they have the freedom to just decide who they mm-hmm. want to be, and they don't feel that they're locked into that. But going back to what we talked about, Isabel, at the beginning of the hour, those folks that fought in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s for those freedoms, right, are why, why young mm-hmm. people now can say, uh, well, today I'd like to be called she, tomorrow please call me he, I might be they for a month, um, I, I'm going to dress a certain way this day, I'm going to dress another way that day. Yes. And they're just allowed uh-huh. to, right? And it's okay. Yes, right. Because I it know growing okay. up when, when, when we were young, right, I mean, the things that trans people had to go through just to prove they were trans. You couldn't just say, I this is who I am, and somebody would say, okay. You're right. You're right. And I, and I think we come from fairly similar backgrounds in that I – well. I grew up in a in, in Marin County, which is liberal, but I did come from a conservative, you know, family family upbringing. Right, you were home at six, you had dinner, you were doing your homework. I mean, I wasn't just out and about. Um, so I had a very structured kind sure. of upbringing, and um, you know, I was very cognizant of 
you know, if I observe two people holding hands, and back then it was, right, it, it was, it was uh, the trans community, you know, transsexual, transgender, they had so many different words, so many different definitions, and it wasn't something that was commonplace, you know, like it is today. And I think that really speaks yeah. to, you know, the younger generations having more opportunity. You know, my, I have a niece, uh, she's in her teens, she's under 15, and she started a gay and lesbian club at her school. And I don't nice. know that, you know, I I would have started a club when I was 13, when I was, you know, in school. I mean, that was, you know, 30 years ago, but she was able to do that. Um, there was a little pushback, but she was able to do that. And she doesn't have to define who she is. She's just exploring yeah. uh, that possibility, you know, especially at that age. But I think it's interesting that she had the foresight that she said, okay, I want to start my own club. Um, and there she is in Marin starting her own club. And I think that's wonderful that she feels Beautiful. she has that voice, that she's able to exercise that and speak up and know that it's okay. You know, I can't say that I would have felt that same comfort, you know, 30 years ago. Right. Well, of course, right? 30 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. just talking a little bit about it made you feel like a rebel. And I remember, you know, I grew up the opposite mm-hmm. from you. I grew up in a very liberal house in a very conservative place in Orange County, California. So inside okay. of my house, it was all dragons and fairies and free to be you and me. But then you went outside <laughs> of the house and you had to worry about the things that you said. And now after all these years, I'm back here because apparently you can go home again. Um, you know, in, in the home I grew up in. And, and I forget sometimes because it is so much different here than it was. But every once in a while, I'll, see, I'll, see some, I'll say something and I'll see people look at me and I'm like, oh, that's right, I have to remember that I'm a, I'm a little bit a stranger in a strange land here sometimes. And whereas mm-hmm. in my early 20s, that made me say, that's it, I'm going to L.A. Now, I mean, I have the freedom of having a home in L.A. so I can go if I want. But now I sort of feel like, no, this is the place where I really feel like I'm needed. This is the place where mm-hmm. someone, more people need to bring a different kind of spirituality here. And more people need to mm-hmm. bring um, a, a different kind of openness here. Uh, but I remember, you know, friends of mine who were very obviously, um, obviously gay would get, you know, would come down here and, and get pulled over. Uh, we, my mom and I'd have to go bail them out of jail. Because, you know, I guess the crime was I pulled you over and you seemed gay, so I put you in jail. Oh, boy. And my mom and I made yeah. a couple of trips to the Huntington Beach jail. And also, you know, there were a lot of guys. There were a lot of my gay friends, and they lived here because their parents didn't want them. And I remember my oldest gay friend who was eight, I was 18 when he came out. He was 19. And he said to me once, you know, maybe five years ago, he said, I remember once we were walking down the street and there were two guys holding hands and I said something nasty because I knew I was gay, so I made fun of it. And you just looked at me and said, well, there's nothing wrong with that. And that was why I decided it was okay mm-hmm. to come out. But for me, that Beautiful. was nothing because that's how I was raised, right? My mom may always mm-hmm. made it like people come in all shapes and sizes and this is just one. So it just takes one person to pass it on to another person to pass it on to another person, and that's how we begin to stitch together the quilt of one human family, right? Absolutely, absolutely, because everyone just really wants that safe space, right, that they can be themselves or they can, you know, exist within their community, explore their sexuality or gender, whatever it is, find acceptance, you know, um, 
a lot of times people don't even feel they want to be defined, right? We're talking about they and them. And, but also have yeah. fun, like live your life and, and not be in fear, not be, uh, or feel like you have to be in fear, right? That these, that you're, you're accepted by your, in your community, in your world, right? I mean, we're, um, I mean, just lesbians, queer women, you know, whatever, non-conforming individuals. I think that, again, this talks about, um, but there is a little bit of a lack of diversity and almost opportunity within the the you know, the gay community, the queer gay community, um, and that there's not a lot still um, that really kind of bridges or brings together all these different groups. You know, I think that um, I'm speaking from a place of, of privilege right now. I feel I should comment that, you know, I grew up in a, in, a, in a city. I mean, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I live in Los Angeles, and there are folks listening that may be in a small rural town, you know, across, you know, the United States, central, you know, United States, someplace where there is no pride. There is no one down the street wearing, you know, uh, heels because, you'll, you know, you'll get, assaulted or you're going to get killed for that. I mean, there still are some backwoods places that are very, very traditional that, you know, don't give kids, don't give people, adults, the opportunity. Um, so I think we all need to be really, you know, cognizant of that, that, you know, when I share things, I do understand that I share from a place of coming from a major city, you know, where it's been a little easier to transition into or explore, you know, whether it be a sexuality or lifestyle choice or, or other, because we're, we're afforded those privileges a, a little bit more, um, you know, just being where we are geographically. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I, and I feel like I speak from a place of privilege because not, because I was raised in a in a home where it was, I was allowed to be whoever I wanted to be. I think that's why I fight the fight right. as hard as I can, because I know how lucky mm-hmm. I was to have that. And I know uh, friends of mine that still carry internalized homophobia from childhood. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't have any because I was never given any. And that's why I work so hard to make others feel like everything's okay and who they are is okay, whoever they are. Um, but I, I can tell you in a place where my mom was very open about her liberal politics, she was very open about um, her, uh, her right for everyone to be who they were. And, you know, she sent me to church with different people. I had friends of all different ethnicities. Um, I had gay friends as soon as I knew they were gay that came here and hung out in the house and cooked with my mom. Um, she was very open uh, later in her life, you know, when I was in college and high school about her spirituality but she was still very frightened to tell people about her psychic gifts. Mm-hmm. So everybody's got something, right? Oh. Everybody has a community okay, yeah. that they still feel uncomfortable talking about. And so um, mm-hmm. that's why I spend as much as I can of my life trying to help people be open about whomever they are, because you have nothing to be that's embarrassed true. about. Um, be who you are. You're absolutely right. There's no shame. And we're talking about, uh, you know, feeling like it's okay to expose yourself, right? Peel away those layers, which I think we talked about, you know, the last time I was here, peeling away the layers, you know, and giving yourself the opportunity to point that finger inward and live authentically and be, you know, who you are and feel safe enough to be able to do that. Um, So these are all really, really big you know, kind of themes, um, you know, within our community and in and just in general in, in our, uh, you know, what? in our world today. 
Well, everything that can help us as the as a, a members of the queer community, everything mm-hmm. that can help the mm-hmm. queer community get better involvement, right? Better inclusion and better involvement. Um, those are all things that can help humanity, because everybody accepting everybody only helps the big picture. It's um, it's like how I always talk about when you raise your own vibration you're inadvertently raising the earth's vibration and the universe's vibration because just your little bit of uplift is picking everybody up. It's like if you, if you have a porch light on at night, it's making the neighborhood more light even though it's your light. So your light mm-hmm. spreads out and becomes other people's light. And that works on a spiritual level, of course. And, and also it's, um, you know, what if... I mean, in my life, I've had some experiences that were not positive um, from folks in my beloved queer community who maybe didn't like all the different letters, some of which were mine. And um, Mm -hmm. I don't ever want anyone to feel like that, right? Because we have to all, we don't have to be like each other. You can accept and love bisexual people. It doesn't mean you're going to become bisexual. You're not going to turn trans because you love trans people. Like everybody just Mm -hmm. is who they are. And if somebody's thing makes you question your thing, well, then great. Because on a spiritual level, Isabel, shouldn't we all be questioning our thing all the time? Well, on an intellectual intellectual level and spiritual level, you know, we absolutely should be, be not only questioning, but finding answers. So that brings me to the point of, you know, we need to do better in terms of reading, understanding, listening, evolving in that, in that, in that you know, respect. Um, I think we become a little bit complacent, uh, you know, as, as someone who's your generation. I have to work hard to stay up with what, what the younger generation is doing, what the kids are doing, you know, apps, different things. But just in general, I think that we are in a place that we find ourselves in, because of ignorance, I think there's a lot of ignorance, and, and ignorance just means misinformed. I'm not putting anyone down. I mm-hmm. include myself in this, mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. can just do a better job of becoming informed, of understanding. And as we do that, we're going to want to put around around that our arm around that person because he's not going to feel like yeah. such a threat. He's not going to feel like so different because guess what? I read about it or I understood it or, hey, I had a conversation or I heard someone on a podcast. There's so many great books. You can't read, get an audio book. There's so many amazing podcasts. Do the work. And you, as you evolve and you become a better human, it doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, lesbian, whatever. Collectively, we all do better. Everybody, Black Lives Matters, everybody, every group, every subgroup. You know, I come from a Latin background. It doesn't matter where you're from. I want to see everyone succeed and everyone do well. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, so if you don't mind me asking, and you don't have to ever answer anything you don't want to answer, um, <laughs> what, what for you has been a learning curve? Because you've ta- you mentioned a couple of times that, you know, being a Gen Xer, that you, you have there's a learning mm-hmm. curve for what's going on now in the community with younger generations. What are some of the things that, or something you've had to kind of wrap your brain around, if you don't mind talking about that? No, I, I think that, uh, you know, I've observed that this pronoun topic is really big, where it wasn't something that occurred to me, you know, when I was younger. I mean, I'm 50 years old, it's, I, 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 and now I'm having to evolve and reshape my thinking around how people 
identifying how they see themselves. So I am a gay woman, you know, a lesbian. Um, I am a female, and I identify as a female lesbian. I mean, I suppose I haven't really thought about it. I I don't really identify like that. I'm I usually use my career or who I am. Like, you know, I'm a climber. Or I'm a I'm a tennis player. Or, I work in this. I don't really go around saying, hi, I'm Isabel and I'm a lesbian. However, it's been a really <laughs> interesting learning do, right? curve. They do, yeah. and that's okay. And it's been interesting to embrace, the, 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 I guess, the shift, right, with the pronouns um, in terms of how these younger generations or how, or how folks in general are feeling more comfortable, more safe, so they can even talk about something. But no yeah. one ever brought this up to me 20 years ago. So obviously yeah, there's folks nice, that have been hurting yeah. and hiding in pain because they've had these feelings in terms of their identity, and now they can finally come out. And it's causing someone like me to go, oh, okay, I need to open my, my eyes up and become educated and learn what this means and what this looks like. And that's okay. That, that's fine. Yeah, I think you know, it's so great. I think, yeah, and, and I think, yeah, I think it's wonderful. And I know so many people – uh, especially through my church, right, who have changed their pronouns. A lot of my pastor friends have changed their pronouns. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm mm-hmm. not changing my pronouns, uh, but I think it's wonderful if you want to change your pronouns. I mean, it's interesting because uh, here's a mind blow a lot of people have a hard time with. So I'm an intersex person, which means genetically I am genderless, but I love okay. being female. Culturally, I was raised female. Now, how you're raised isn't always how you stay, right? But I'm okay. a girl. Like I like pink and I like dresses and I like, you know, delicate jewelry and I love I embrace my divine feminine and my divine masculine, but I am perfectly happy to be female, even though I understand and feel the differences inside me genetically. And even though I believe spiritually we don't have gender. I think gender is an incarnate thing. I don't think our souls have a gender. Um and here we're just kind of like souls wearing a weird meat suit school uniform, right? So, um, but I understand that gender right. is an important part of the incarnate process to many, many people. And I'm all good with that. So I think when everybody started they theming, people started looking at me like, you know, hey, intersex person, time to they them. I was like, but I, but I don't identify they them. I identify as, as she, her, even though I believe underneath mm-hmm. this meat suit, we're all they, them, right? I believe spirit, source, mm-hmm. God, right, is they, them, is genderless. But I, so that's been a little bit of a mind blow for people because I think that people Ooh, believed when that door was open, everybody who was in any way gender different would automatically identify as neutral. But sexuality, gender, and identity are three different things. So, boy, you're bringing up a whole nother show (laughs) because I just talk about gender identity. I mean, it's really that internal perception, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and, it depends on what you align with because, for example, I can be, I'm a female, you know, I wear heels when I go out, you know, but I can also be, you know, a little less conforming, I guess, to to the stereotype and, you know, I, I, and, and so I, and, but still consider myself female, right? Um, so I think it all has to do too with, you know, how do we align, you know, and what, 
um, I think their perception is of well, as well of, of the label that they're placing upon themselves. And that, again, has to do with, I think, those social contracts that we make growing up that identify us as adults where we believe if, if maybe we dress or behave in a certain way that I must be a butch or I must be a them because I'm not really feeling like I'm a woman, so I better change that. So I wonder, right. too, you know, how much of this is still folks exploring, you know, and, and trying to find who their their true self is, trying to find that authentic self, which is, again, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and I think that's great. And I think it's okay to put on different things until you figure out who you are and where you belong. Just the way we all, you know, go through different trends with what we wear and what our hair looks like and what kind of car we want to drive. And then at some point in your life, maybe, not everybody, but maybe most people settle into what they like and they figure out the things that they like. Um, It's the Mm -hmm. same thing, I think, with with gender. And I also think it's the same thing with sexuality. I think that we, especially as people in the queer community, put too much pressure on uh, others and maybe on ourselves as well to say, okay, now you've identified as gay. You may now never date the other gender. You may never look there. You may never think Mm -hmm. another person of the other gender is attractive. You have mm-hmm. to always toe the line and be what you said you are. Well, guess what? Sexuality, mm-hmm. like everything else, right, Isabel, is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So, and mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. I always tell this story that I dated a guy for 10 years and all he wanted to do was, you know, read poetry and, and watch art films. And then I dated a woman for 10 years and all she wanted to do was watch Star Wars and Alien and Predator and do guy think so which one of those relationships was really my lesbian relationship? I mean, everybody has their divine feminine, divine masculine, and it's totally okay to see it somebody is. that may be technically the other gender and say, oh, I find that person attractive and not feel like you're going to get rode out of the rail of your club and never be allowed back in, you know? Well, we can have two two spirits, right? We can refer to ourselves as the as the feminine and the masculine spirit, you sure. know, and it, sure. and so I think I think that um, that's also a complexity that does exist. As I think energy is fluid, and and we can have different components or different facets and embrace. I mean, you all come from the same place, right? So we're all human beings. Um, so I think that you know, sexual orientation is complex. I mean, right? It has to do with emotional. Um, kind of your emotional state, your sexual attraction to other people, you know, there's romance yeah. involved, you know, I mean, it's such a complex issue Then you throw in, you know, identifying who you are in terms of, you know, kind of what we inherently take for granted. Well, I was born a woman or you were born a man. It didn't really give it much thought. So I think, I think these are all really big, um, you know, kind of conversations within our community that are being had today and the younger generations are kind of taking the torch and they're saying, hey, you know, this is what we need. We need more. We need, we need a brick and mortar, you know, place for us to go to, you know, um, that we're just coming out of COVID. People are realigning themselves, and, you know, with others, you know, socially, and they're looking for outlets and they're wanting, you know, um, opportunity to gather, which, again, you know, Pride coming up in L.A. is going to be a wonderful, you know, time for people to come out and, and just kind of peel away some of those layers and, and have a good time. You know, it's been a tough year. It's been a lot of stress, a lot of pain and, and, and heartache and, you know, struggles for a lot of people. And I think that we've, I think our community and, and we, you know, just in general have shown a tremendous amount of resilience. 
I agree. Absolutely. Um, I think that we all should pat ourselves on the back for being survivors because we all have survived this terrible plague. And, um, and I, survive, I don't necessarily even mean we physically survived, although if we're here, we did, but also we survived the death of so many people that we love during this time, not just to COVID itself, but to the ongoing symptoms of COVID or the emotional problems people developed because of the quarantine. This was a very hard mm-hmm. time for people, and we need to celebrate that. It's, it's okay to celebrate um, survival. It's okay to band together and say, uh, wow, um, I'm still here, and now I can actually go to Pride and walk down the street and march and cheer, but, you know, that was a scary time, and, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm celebrating. We should celebrate harder than ever now because we know what it's like to have that all taken away from us and not be able to celebrate, right? Well, I was, I was yes. I mean, this is really the time when we really do need to go out there and have our voices you know, make our voices hurt and be seen on all fronts because we are definitely facing an assault on some of our uh, freedoms. And you don't need to be gay to want to, you know, have have rights and privileges. You know, you don't have to be a person of, of color or, or, or a person of disadvantage. I think that this is a time when everyone needs to take a look and go, okay, what is going on? You know, what is the climate that, that we really need to have or, or create, you know, for future generations? And I think that, I like to think that we're at a turning point, but then I say that all the time that I feel like we're in conflict and I see there, there's a progressive movement. Yes. But I, I feel as though, um, you know, we're just, there's just setbacks. It just takes time. It takes time, right. As a culture to evolve as a community. And that's why it starts at home and I can't change the world. And we're talking about some really big concepts and then ideas, but I can't help my neighbor. I can help that person down the street. That's my buddy. And, and, whatever in Costa Mesa or my buddy in Long Beach or in LA, I can do that. That's something easy, something that I can physically do. You know, I can call my friend back East and check up on them and see how they're doing. And, and, you know, so I think, you know, back to the kindness and, and the connection part, you know, reach out, reach out to each other, create space for each other on whatever level, you know, know that that it's okay. It's okay to be, to be a little vulnerable and, uh, you know, to be whether you're the person reaching out or the person, you know, that, that's trying to receive. Yeah, I agree 100%. And it's, uh, and it's important, right, that we learn to give and also to receive. Receiving is just important as giving. And sometimes people who are givers, we set ourselves up where we, we don't know how to receive. And receiving is an important part of everything in life is supposed to be a flow, Right. It's supposed to be a give and take. You put into the universe, the universe gives back to you. It's not supposed to be imbalanced. So if you're somebody who gives, 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 gives and never receives, well, part of your spiritual path is you receiving too. And part of your spiritual lessons Mm -hmm. is you learning to receive. So Mm -hmm. it's so important that we do that. Um, And also that we that we, you know, love ourselves, loving yourself. I always, I teach a workshop about being your own best friend. And I always say that, you know, self-love is not selfish. Self-love is what we all need in order to move forward. Right. Right. So we can love others. If if we don't have self-love, absolutely. Then how can you extend any love to another if you haven't learned to master that for yourself? Or, you know, I talk about boundaries and, it's like how how do you expect to to manage or or to create or manage boundaries in a relationship if you can't do that for yourself? 
Yeah. Right? You know, it's like, how can I talk yeah. about wanting to help, you know, some other country when I can't even, you know, figure out the harmony on my street with my neighbor, just as an example. Mm-hmm. So again, I, mm-hmm. I think it's like, let's turn that finger inward. Let's extend some kindness. Let's, you know, look just over our shoulders instead of maybe creating these big, long range, you know, kind of conquering wind of kind of goals. It's like, hey, you can go right down the street and go volunteer and go help and go make a difference. Yeah, it's important, right? It's a beautiful thing. Yep, um, it is. It's, uh, it is, it's, it's, it all starts with, with us becoming healthy and happy within ourselves. And once that happens, there's nothing we can't do, you know? Well, more um, service and, others, and I think that the rewards will come. Right. And I think that's something else to celebrate as we celebrate pride, uh, pride in self. And you talked about that earlier, right? I mean, that's a kind of pride. It's a part of being proud of your communities, right? Being proud of who you are mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is just that's what it all begins with, right? And then part of who you are could be, you know, I'm in the queer community or I'm I'm this ethnicity or I'm proud that I grew up in this state or I'm part of this city or uh, kind of recapturing that pride. And that's been a very interesting thing for me as I've come back here to Huntington Beach to spend so much time these last couple of years. Um, because when I left here, it was very much, well, there's not enough culture here and I'm not my politics and it's not my spirituality. But, you know, it was also 1991 and I was 23. So mm-hmm. uh, now I come back an older, wiser person thinking this is a beautiful right. place and I love being here and I'm seeing the good in being here. And I literally get to look at the ocean when I drive to the grocery store and, and just be so thankful for the duck that swims in my pool and the fact it's always 70 degrees and, you know, and not always be right. focusing on all the things that don't make me feel connected to here. Because I think we do so much of that. We're so worried that we're not fighting for ourselves and, and what we want that we focus on all the things we don't like and we forget to focus on all the things that are wonderful, you know? Well, that um, really is, is the concept of like is a glass half full or half empty. I definitely err on the side of positivity. We definitely need to resonate and, and be grateful and be thankful and come from a perspective of, of how much, you know, how much we do have. Um, and and not on you know what those deficits are and I, and again that's kind of from a place of privilege because I can be grateful and and you know kind of manage whatever those deficits deficits are that I think I have based on my perception of my life or whatever it is that I may be working on you know but um, in general I I'd like to think that you know if we can resonate in a more positive vibe right. That we, and we internalize that energy, you know, again, on a cellular level, which influences our mood, yeah. which influences our decision-making, which in, in, mm-hmm. influences mm-hmm. really our perspective because we associate positive with X and, and we suppose that this, this other situation is, is negative. And, and I think sometimes we create these false narratives. Um, so, again, putting ourselves yes. in check, um, get, getting educated, becoming more informed, you know, um, whether it be, you know, not just about yourself, but, you know, how you fit into the world that you live in, your environment that you created, wherever you may be, you know, and from there, then you can figure out, well, this is how I can make a difference. This is how I can do better. Yeah. And recapture the wonderment, you know, and the excitement. I live with a year old kitten and I tell you this kid, he's changed my life. Like 
He's like, oh, look, it's my food. Oh, it's my water. Oh, it's the duck. Oh, it's mommy. Like everything is just exciting and wonderful. Like everything in front of him is fantastic. And if only we could think like that, like look how excited I am about my lunch. Look how excited I am that I have clean water to drink. Look how excited I am. I'm looking out the window at my beautiful pool. Like, oh, my God, I'm so excited because I'm, I'm, I, I smell good right now. Like it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have a Maserati and a million dollars and, um, mm. you know, it's, it doesn't have to be that. It can just be, wow, the sun is shining today. Um, it's beautiful. I like the way the ocean smells. Um, I got to talk to somebody I loved on the phone. I mean, everything can just be gathering the positives, right, to uplift yourself mm-hmm. every day. And our day is full of beautiful little things that happen all day long. We just have I to agree. look around I agree and with see you. them. Take a moment, and, right? And, so and for me, the, the, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. And just the fact that we're going to get to spend this weekend in in a place of pride, right, is exciting. And I hate that we're out of time. Please promise you'll come back and do this again. And where can people find you and, and all of your wonderfulness? Absolutely. I definitely will. Thank you for having me on. And I look forward to the next time. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you for being here, everybody. What a joy uh, to be here again with Isabel, sharing some time with her. And she'll be back, and next time we're going to have that gender discussion. It's Raising the Vibration right here on the Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com. I'm Sheena Metal. I'm at SheenaMetalSpiritual.com for all of your psychic and spiritual needs. Um, And please find me on social media everywhere at Sheena Metal. Till I see you next time, seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always raise your vibration, and remember that you are loved and you are loved. I'll see you next Tuesday, 5 o'clock Pacific time. Take care of you.